Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are Mansfield's only audio newspaper, delivered to your ears every Wednesday morning, and we thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you'll have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Poured, the wine bar, with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. MISD police determine school threat is not credible. Bond projects, a new restaurant, and a resolution. We cover it all with a moment with the mayor. COVID-19 is still here with us, just not going up or down. In sports, Summit's football season comes to an end. Coming up in the features section. The James Webb, no relation, space telescope is about to launch. I am LaShonda Warner, and in this week's Texas Health Tip of the Week, we're going to talk about ways to distress this holiday season. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that says that Christmas is only 10 sleeps away. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, in the spirit of giving this holiday season, Steve talks in studio with professional volunteer Vandala Menifee. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, Use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com. W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at Mansfield. Mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. I'm Mansfield Police Chief Tracy Aaron, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The principal of James Coble Middle School said in a statement Wednesday that police determined rumors of a threat made on social media Tuesday evening were not credible. On December 8th, Principal Travis Moore said that a parent notified the school on Tuesday evening of a rumor that a student had made a credible threat toward the campus on social media. The administration immediately alerted Mansfield ISD police, who made contact with the student and their parent. During their investigation, police officials determined the rumors were not credible and that students were never in any danger. Police presence was increased on campus on Thursday. Principal Moore encouraged parents to talk with their children about potential threats. 
he asked that anyone who becomes aware of a threat should call the Mansfield ISD Police Crime Stoppers tip line at 817-469-8477, or you can leave a message via the web at 469tips.com. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Lots going on last Monday. We welcome the mayor of Mansfield, Michael Evans, to the About Mansfield studio. Welcome back. Thank you, Steve. Seemed like we've been away for a little while. I was say, it's been a hot minute. And by it the way, been. congratulations on your one-year anniversary as mayor. Well, thank you very much. It has been an, an honor and a pleasure uh, to serve in the city of Mansfield, Texas, I tell you. Let's get into what we talked about on Monday evening at the city council meeting. First of all, let's start with the consent agenda and several items on the on the agenda. We had a long consent agenda uh, on uh, the other night. Uh, the public portion of the meeting began, of course, with the uh, consent agenda. So we we changed things up a little bit because uh, we had a uh, an outstanding presentation coming from uh, the uh, bond election steering committee. Well, the first uh, ordinance that um, we looked at uh, set a, a new fee schedule for our code compliance department, and the second ordinance amended the health and sanitation section of the city's code of ordinances. The third one amended the section of the code of ordinances that uh, covers health and safety requirements in child care facilities. The fourth creates a new chapter in the code of ordinances that uh, covers standards, registration, and inspection requirements for multifamily dwelling complexes. Uh, Steve, what all of this says is that our city is growing. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, developing our own inspection department, our own health department. I mean, this is this is what it looks like uh, when you have a, a city that's uh, growing, and we're growing up, and uh, it's an exciting time to uh, be uh, in Mansfield. And the last thing on the consent agenda, uh, the last thing that we did, the council executed a consultant agreement with uh, Park Hill Shrickle Rollins for a master plan services related to uh, Rose Park. We are getting ready to um, uh, not only give Rose Park a, a new and refreshed look, but um, it, it is going to be, as it has always been, a, a class A, a park system. And, and we hope it, that it'll be uh, one of the crown jewels uh, in our park system as well. Mansfield likes to hand out proclamations, and one of those proclamations came last night. It was an anniversary of uh, one of the uh, one of the the foundation uh, pieces here in Mansfield. Without a doubt, one of our largest uh, employers is Methodist Mansfield, and um, we celebrated the fifth. 15th anniversary for the Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. I mean, who, where did the time go uh, in that regard? And, and we're just so thankful uh, to have a reliable, high quality health care in our city. And uh, Methodist uh, Mansfield Medical Center has definitely done that. Steve, you know what? I remember when uh, there were people uh, telling our former city manager, uh, you know, uh, look, Clay, uh, we are not going to be able to uh, support Another hospital, any hospital, as a matter of fact. And Clay Chandler, of course, uh, helped to uh, push that through and the community got around it. And now we not only serve people in Tarrant County, but we serve folks, uh, Methodist service people in Tarrant, Johnson, Ellis County, uh, people from as far as Waxahachie. I mean, right. it's really mind boggling. So, yeah, uh, we owe them Quite a few attaboys. There you go. The big, uh, the big issue on the on the the agenda Monday night was, of course, the bond project. And 
let's get into it. Well, well you know what? I, I called it last night the main event. I mean, yes. because uh, that is so exciting uh, as, as we, we set the vision uh, for the city. And, um, you know, we did something that, that I think is right to do. Uh, we asked uh, we asked the residents. <laughs> so, so, so we put together a, a group of uh, 27 individuals, uh, not just me, but but council persons did. And there were other people that uh, volunteered to serve. And um, you know what? I'm, I'm just happy that we have the uh, chairperson of that committee with us today, Mr. Michael Maynard. Right. Michael Maynard. And Michael, welcome to About Mansfield. Well, thank you so much, Steve. And good morning to you. And thank you, Mayor, Mayor Evans, for this opportunity. For the last four months, we have had an opportunity to be a part of a bond steering committee that was tasked with making recommendations to the city of Mansfield in regards to what should be on that bond election in 2022. There were several projects presented to us, and our, our goal was to present to the city what we felt would be the best opportunities and projects for the city of Mansfield. So we started out with the Recreation Center and, and Library. We believe this is a game changer in the city of Mansfield. We believe that this will draw so many individuals from outside of the city of Mansfield and, more importantly, provide opportunities and a location for our current residents to be able to go and enjoy themselves from a library perspective, recreation facilities, and so many other things. Things that they can do at that particular location. So we're excited about the Recreation uh, Center. That's what's known as the multi-generation event center that'll be uh, at the shops at Broad? Correct. Correct. That okay. is what that is. Yes. Yes. What else you got in the uh, presented at the agenda? So parks are important to us as well. We want to be sure that our community has an opportunity to be able to go and enjoy our parks in the city. Southwest Community Park on the southwest part of town. Skinner Park will be renovated. These two will be uh, great for us in the city of Mansfield and provide activity places for our citizens as they continue to go out and enjoy our great city. Love our parks. Um, number three. We love trails. Trails are important to us. We believe that trails differentiate us in the city of Mansfield. Our program has been started, and now what we are proposing to the city of Mansfield, let's complete the trail system. So we wanted to propose this to the city. We're excited about it, and we think it will be a great addition to our city as we go forward. Number four. Great. Number four would happen to be our Miracle League field. Yeah. What an exciting opportunity this is for us. We believe that all kids in the city of Mansfield, regardless of what their ability is, has an opportunity to be a kid. Miracle League field will provide that for them. Kids with special needs will be able to go and play sports, enjoy themselves, and spend time with people who are just like them that they can go out and have a great time in the city of Mansfield. And and where will this be located? This particular location will be actually McClendon East. McClendon East oh, okay. Park. Michael Maynard, I, I appreciate your time on About Mansfield. The five bond projects that the steering committee has recommended to the council that they put on the May ballot for, for the voters to uh, uh, to vote on. Uh, appreciate your time on About Mansfield. Thank you so much, Steve. Appreciate and, the opportunity. And Mayor uh, Michael Evans, there were two items that the steering committee did not recommend, one of them being the Veterans Memorial and the other one being the uh, the town hall, the city uh, moving city hall to another part of town. Your thoughts on uh, on those two? Sure. I mean, you know, uh, one of the reasons why <laughs> we ask uh, citizens, we ask residents uh, to uh, give us their their opinions, their suggestions, is because now, this is a novel idea. We really want to know, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, what, what I love about what I love about uh, the committee is that they were not and are not a rubber stamp committee. I mean, we had 27 individuals uh, that that offered up their ideas. They gave us a great uh, presentation in regard to their uh, suggestions on the other night. And um, I, listen uh, to 
to a person in regard to our city council. Uh, we appreciated the fact that uh, they shared with us uh, the, their thoughts, their hearts. And, and my understanding is, my understanding is there was quite a bit of deliberation uh, that went uh, back and forth over these. And uh, you're looking at a group of 27 individuals who said, uh, this is what we would like to suggest and recommend uh, to the city council. Now, on those other two items, uh, of course, you know, uh, we'll hear from other citizens as well. You know, other residents. Uh, we have until February, I believe, to uh, uh, decide together on what those uh, what that final list will look like. But uh, you do need to know that uh, we did not call uh, uh, these uh, 27 individuals together uh, in order to um, say to them, you know, you check this box, that box, and that box. No, it was autonomous, an autonomous group, and we appreciated that. And, you know, in due time, we'll hear um, from the rest of the folks uh, in the great city, and uh, we'll see what what that list uh, looks like when it's all said and done. But I tell you what, we at least know what, what uh, four or five in particular uh, are going to look like on that oh, ballot. Sure. I believe, I believe, I believe, because, again, we, we will vote on it together as a uh, council and um, I'm one vote and uh, but I can say this to a person sitting on that council we appreciate we laud and applaud the great work that they did let's get back to the city council agenda from from Monday night uh, we're talking groundwater now council moved on uh, a uh, an ordinance prohibiting the use of and contact with groundwater beneath uh, certain properties uh, let me just tell you what this is about uh, when you when you're bringing in new developments or what have you and um, you are are wanting to improve given sections of town, you know, uh, that dirt has history. So uh, we want to make sure that uh, it's, it's a clean environment. And uh, there are certain standards that we set uh, that says to uh, incoming developers uh, that you can't dig deep and um, give the people that well water from said section because it may not be tasting too good. Oh. So uh, that's, that's what we did in that regard. But uh, it says a lot about what's getting ready to happen in other uh, previously undeveloped parts of the city. You get a couple of rezoning uh, issues came up Monday night. So uh, we rezoned land in the 600 block of uh, South Main Street to D, uh, which is the downtown district. And that's going to give us quite a bit of flexibility. We also passed the first reading of an ordinance to rezone land at uh, 1780 FM 157 uh, to PD, which is Planned Development District for all uses. And then we approved, and this is exciting, I love history, we approved a historical landmark overlay uh, district uh, classification for the 1894 post office building at uh, 130 North Main Street. It's a, a bike shop now, but that was the old post office. Yeah. Finally, after all that, you got into new business. <laughs> Finally, we got into new business. And believe it or not, we got out before midnight. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we had two <laughs> meetings in one, but we still we still made it. All right. So in regard to the uh, new business, uh, we approved uh, an ordinance to repeal and replace Chapter 94 of the city's Code of Ordinances uh, regarding food establishment uh, regulations. Again, we're moving into that business ourselves. Uh, council then approved a site plan for an eating place near Vernon Newsom uh, Stadium. And that eating place, I am happy to announce, it's going to be a Hofbrau uh, Steak and Grill. So uh, we're adding uh, more, I believe, uh, quality restaurants uh, to our uh, uh, cityscape. And uh, it's going to be a great place to uh, great place to eat, like all the other places are in town. That's right. It's going to be an additional place. But and you know, any place to buy a steak is a good place. Finally, council passed a resolution affirming the casting of votes. Now, this is important. We passed a resolution affirming the casting 
casting of votes for candidates to serve on the boards of directors for Tarrant, Ellis, and Johnson County appraisal districts for calendar year 2022 and 2023. Was this the last council meeting for the year or is there one more? This is the last council meeting for the year. So I get to say to people, have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. And uh, it's been a blessing uh, serving uh, this uh, year as mayor here in the city of Mansfield, Texas. Michael Evans, we'll see you in 2022. By God's grace, I'll see you. Happy New Year. And to you, sir. Neither going up or down here in Mansfield, the COVID-19 epidemic remains steady. With the numbers, here's science reporter Dennis Webb. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. The Tarrant County Public Health reports that the epidemic is still here at the lowest level since July, but it stubbornly refuses to go away, meaning each of us can still catch infection from another citizen. Mansfield saw 67 new cases and no deaths this past week. Countywide, 245 fellow citizens were in the hospital with the virus, a steady but small increase over where we were in November. Tarrant County public health officials recommend that all eligible citizens get vaccinated. Vaccination is the best recommended step any of us have to prevent severe illness if we do catch the virus. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. In sports, Summit's football season has come to an end. What was supposed to be a blowout turned out to be a dogfight all the way to the end. Summit was written off coming into Friday's state semifinal against undefeated College Station. But after two quick College Station touchdowns, Summit settled in and battled until the very end. The Jags tied the game in the third quarter before the Cougars pulled away with back-to-back touchdowns, and Summit's season fell short 28-21 in the Class 5A Division I state semifinals at Waco Midway Panther Stadium. Summit finished 11-4 for the season and has made the semifinals for the second straight season. The UIL released its realignment for the next two football seasons. Some notable changes locally are Legacy moves up to 6A and will join the Mansfield Football Tigers and Lake Ridge in that class. Timberview moves up to 5A Division I and Summit moves down to 5A Division II. Schools throughout Texas submitted snapshot enrollment numbers to the UIL in October. Oklahoma State's Hannah Webb has made history as only the second cowgirl soccer player to earn academic All-America status three times in a career. Webb is a Mansfield native and was named to the 2021 COSIDA Academic All-America second team and joins Yolanda Odenyu on the list of OSU soccer's three-time academic All-Americans. Webb started all 18 games for the Cowgirls in 2021 and the senior wing back recorded two goals and two assists while maintaining a perfect 4.0 grade point average in the classroom. Webb is an alum of Mansfield High School and graduated with honors from Oklahoma State, earning her degree in mathematics as well as her secondary teacher certification. Friday, December 17th is National Ugly Sweater Day. It's created back in 2011 and has grown to be an international phenomenon. Now occurring on the third Friday of every December, the celebration gives holiday lovers worldwide a chance to wear their ugly Christmas sweaters. Each year, ugly Christmas sweater wearers decorate, shop, and do their darndest to out-ugly last year's ugliest sweater. Whether they embellish their woolly wear with lights or colors, bells or characters, elves, donkeys, snowmen, and many other holiday characters. And don't forget the glitter, (laughs) enough glitter to make your rumba scream, no moss. 
So get decorating, Mansfield, and be prepared to make a statement at your next holiday party. In the meantime, let's check the weather forecast with Colleen, who undoubtedly is wearing an ugly sweater right now. Colleen? I'm sure our listeners can actually hear the ugliness of my sweater, Steve. The lights and bright colors probably don't make noise, but surely our listeners can discern the rustle of poorly applied embellishments and the tinkling sound of my falling glitter. But enough about my fashion challenges and Steve's judgmental nature. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We experienced our first freeze of the year on Sunday, which hopefully will kill off the ragweed. But now we're in the middle of another warm spell. We'll see 80 degrees on Wednesday, 73 on Thursday, and 77 on Friday. There will be a small cold front coming into the area on Thursday that will bring us a little bit of rain on Thursday morning. But heading into the weekend, we'll have a strong cold front coming through that will bring us some rain and much cooler temperatures. Friday night, overnight into Saturday, we've got a 60% chance of rain, but skies should clear up midday Saturday. We'll be looking at a high of 55 on Saturday, 50 degrees on Sunday, and we'll probably be staying in the lower 50s into the early part of next week. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Health specialist LaShonda Warner helps you de-stress this holiday season. And Brian Certain serves up yet another holiday cocktail to remember. Also coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question. And in the talk segment, in the spirit of giving this holiday season, Steve talks in studio with professional volunteer Vandela Menifee. We are Mansfield's only audio newspaper. This is about Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family, and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical, dental, eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Adams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where reporter Dennis Webb is looking at telescopes. Big ones. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. In about a week, coincidentally near the winter solstice, the next big telescope will launch into space. The James Webb Space Telescope was produced in a partnership among NASA, the European Space Agency, and the Canadian Space Agency. The Webb Telescope science mission is to study distant objects when the universe was very young, when galaxies were just starting to form. It will also be able to photograph planets around nearby stars. 
It is primarily an infrared telescope, as the further you look away, the light we see from these objects is red-shifted, effectively turning what was visible light into invisible infrared light. Physics can be weird. It will do this science using the largest telescope mirror ever put into space, 21 feet in diameter. And its infrared cameras and other instruments will be cooled near absolute zero for best performance. It has spectrographs to analyze the faraway light in detail, and most interesting, a coronagraph to block the light of individual nearby stars to be able to photograph their planets and study them. We're going to learn a lot of new things about the universe and likely prove and disprove a few established theories. This is the purpose of scientific experiments. Before we get to do the science, though, it had to be built, tested, and launched to space with a lot of engineering, material science, and rocket science involved. Thousands of specialists working millions of hours on Earth here across 14 nations and 29 of the United States. It is a very big project. To make the science mission successful, the telescope is doing a lot of unusual things. To get a 21-foot diameter mirror to space, it has to be folded up, as are the solar rays that provide power and the giant sunshade that keeps the telescope cool, even though one side of it is always in sunlight. It is going literally a million miles away, that's four times further than the moon, to hover at what is called the second Lagrange point, called L2. The Webb telescope will slowly orbit L2, where the gravity of the sun and earth balance. Physics can be weird. L2 is a place no human being has ever been, but several other observatories are already there. It takes more rocket fuel to get to the L2 than it does to low Earth orbit, where the Hubble Space Telescope is. But once you get there, it takes very little fuel to keep it in place. L2 is also a very, very cold place, something useful for infrared telescopes. The Webb Space Telescope is now being put in the big Ariane 5 rocket at the French launch site near the equator. It got to this point because designers and builders have convinced the three nations' space agencies that it can and will work, and there have been multiple independent adversarial technical reviews. Unlike the Hubble Space Telescope for most of its life, you can't send people to fix it, so engineers will look at data and send commands and new software if they have to fix something. This is something space agencies are very good at. Oh, if you want to know more about this, the TV program 60 Minutes did a great report this past Sunday, right after the Bills-Bucks game. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk here at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. And LaShonda Warner has some advice on de-stressing during the holiday season. LaShonda? The holidays can be a special time of the year, from seeing the smiles on the faces of your loved ones at family gatherings, to cooking and baking your beloved holiday dishes. It is a time to create the most memorable moments with your family. However, we must not forget how darkness of the holiday seasons can appear in the form of holiday stress. The holiday season can have you overwhelmingly exhausted, guilty, angry, and even tearful. By far, this season is an undeniably joyous time of the year. But with that can come some hardships that can easily produce stress. With our schedules being busy from preparing dinners, hosting an event at your home, holiday shopping, and let us not forget our normal to-do list life responsibilities, such as work and parenthood. It is important to remember some much-needed self-care to avoid the holiday stress as much as possible. 
Here are a few ways you can distress this holiday season. One, delegate a task. I know we want and think we can do everything on our own, but in reality, we cannot. Delegating tasks may not be appealing to everyone. Trust it is okay to ask for help. If you feel like you have too much on your plate, please reach out to others. You never know who might and will be willing to help you accomplish that task. Just delegating a task can help you distress, which you will be able to enjoy the holiday season. Next, it's okay to say no. During this time of the year, there are more events in December, and you may find it hard to say no to an invitation. Remember, you're not obligated to attend every event. There will be a time when you have to say no. By doing this, that free up your schedule. This will open up more time for you to spend and create memories with your family. Don't forget what is truly important. One can get easily wrapped up in the responsibilities and stresses that come with the holiday season. But it's so crucial we must not forget the reason for the season. One thing we have all learned during the pandemic is that life is too short and every moment is precious. This new normal has made us a lot more aware of our blessings. Some may have a lot and some may not have as much as others. But remember, we all should be grateful for our life, health and strength that we have. Being around family is the most important task I ask of you. Remember never to lose focus and the side of the holiday season. That is all for me this week. Stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Mansfield and reporting for About Mansfield podcast, I am LaShonda Warner. Shaken or stirred, Brian Certain is serving up the perfect holiday libation for his cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the Silk Teddy. On Keeping Up With My Theme of Inspiring Your Adult Christmas Cocktails, today's cocktail was inspired over a decade ago when I used to host an annual Christmas gathering at my home for friends. One year in particular, I focused my cocktail menu on martinis. The last couple of weeks and this week and next week, I will continue to share some of those Christmas-themed martinis. Each of the martinis had some description, and this week's Silk Teddy had this description. I'm not going to lie to you. This is an utterly amazing, delicious cocktail. Don't order it if you think it's only going to be your run-of-the-mill fabulous. But as I describe this cocktail, I describe it as the pairing of the cold, smooth vodka and orange liqueur, along with the brightness of the lemon juice, reminds me of running my hand along the cool, smooth texture of a silk teddy worn by a beautiful woman. If that doesn't make you want this cocktail, I'm not sure what will. But don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and the instructions and they'll always be posted on bourbongospel.com. What do we need? The ingredients for the Silk Teddy is two parts vodka, one part Cointreau, and one part fresh lemon juice. Directions, you're going to chill a martini or coupe glass. You're going to add the vodka, the Cointreau, and lemon juice to the shaker with ice in it and shake vigorously until the drink is well chilled. Strain into the chilled martini or coupe glass. The Cocktail of the Week segment is proudly sponsored by The Vault, located at 2300 Matlock Road at the corner of Country Club and Matlock. Don't have all the ingredients for this week's Silk Teddy? Head over to The Vault, where one of their craftsmen will stir, shake, and strain our featured About Mansfield Cocktail of the Week. As always, I'm open to hear you're taking your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, 
I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Angie Thor, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What is the official slogan that Visit Mansfield uses? Angie knew that the correct answer was, come for the location, stay for the fun. And she has won a $25 gift card to Poured the Wine Bar. After the break, this week's trivia question. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. Introducing Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, an all-new, all-modern healthcare campus, now serving Mansfield and our nearby communities. With advanced care for women and infants, orthopedics, heart and vascular, a 24-7 ER, and more. Experience care you'll love right where you love living. Texas Health Mansfield, now open at 287 and Lone Star Road. Learn more at texashealth.org backslash Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. Can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi i'm bernie mccraney assistant to the city manager and you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted wildly popular about mansfield trivia question the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a 25 dollars gift card to poured the wine bar featuring wine, beer, and bubbly, and an extended food menu in a relaxed atmosphere. Check them out on the web at pouredtx.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, when Mansfield pets get sick or injured, there is no shortage of veterinarians in town from which to choose. This week's trivia question is, who was Mansfield's first veterinarian? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who was Mansfield's first veterinarian? Good luck, and thanks to Carol at Pord for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and in the studio today, I want to tell you a little story about... Uh, about what led to having this this woman in the studio today. I was attending a performance in downtown Mansfield at the Far Best Theater, and after the performance, we all walked over to the brewery just a few uh, a few steps up the street, and I, I met a friend of mine in the brewery, and she says, I want to introduce you to someone that's really special. And, all right, I met this woman, and I could tell within the first 60 seconds that I wanted to have her on the show. And so 
before we get into the nuts and bolts of what she does, I would first like to welcome Vandela Menifee. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you very much. I am honored to be here. Now, everybody, I, I drop your name a lot. <laughs> a lot of people know who you are. And it's because I'm associated with you now. Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay. And so uh, you are... Now, the, the only thing I really know about you is uh, coming from that night at, at Dirty Job Brewing, you handed me your business card, and it says Vandela Menifee Professional Volunteer, which had me so intrigued... <laughs> So I had to know uh, what is a professional volunteer, and, and and so we got to talking, and and are and, and you fascinated me. Wow! You literally fascinated me. You're that's, making me blush, Steve. And, and and that's why that's why you're sitting here in that chair right now. I am honored to be sitting in this chair. There are so many people that have gone before me that have sat in this chair. So it's just an honor to just be sitting here and graced by your presence. Ah. Um, I, um, a professional volunteer, when people hear the word volunteer, normally they think about manual or physical labor. Right. But for me as a professional volunteer, I try and support people or organizations for profit and nonprofit who are changing the lives of people in our community. And what, when I say community, my community is defined by anywhere I go. Mm -hmm. If it's in Grand Prairie, Mansfield, Arlington, Dallas, Lancaster, Fort Worth, wherever my presence is, that's my community. And I try and do whatever I can with those people there in those communities or the people who are supporting something in an organization. And I try and make people smile. So that's my that's version awesome. of a professional volunteer. Okay. Now that was a great tease of what we are going to talk about <laughs> later in the interview. But first, okay. I, I, first I want to know about Vandela. And from what I read, you, you were born in Chicago. Yes. Tell me about your days in Chicago. I was born and raised in Chicago. Uh, I lived in a, it was almost like an apartment complex. And I always tell people I grew up where there was glass and no grass. Yeah. So that's why I hate walking across grass right now, because grass is such a living thing that gives so much beauty and it brings so many smiles to so many people when you see kids playing in the grass. Mm -hmm. And growing up in Chicago, it was more broken glass than grass. So growing up there, I truly appreciate my upbringing. Um, I was, I'm a PK, If for those of you who are in the listening audience. Preacher's kid. Yes, I'm a preacher's kid. There you go. So uh, growing up in church uh, provided me the opportunity to be able to become a leader very young. So in the third grade, I believe it was, uh, they wanted to close our school. And I got some of my friends, their parents, and we did marched around the school with our signs, SOS, save our school. Fast forward, uh, many years later, our school did not close and my, my cousin eventually became a principal there. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so, and the school is still open now. It's a magnet school. Was your cousin part of the protest? N not at the time. Okay. No, he was much younger at the time. He probably wasn't even born at the time when we did this. So, and so I, I, I reflect back on that growing up um, where I 
my I say my humble beginnings because it allowed me to I used to have um, reading programs in the summertime after school. So my teachers would collect books for me. So we would sit on the back porch on the stairs and I would be the teacher and, you know, trying teaching people how to read. And it was a wonderful experience. My dad would buy peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for my lunch that we provided to everyone because a lot of the kids in our community or in our in our unit, we didn't have the ability or money to go to summer camp. Right. So we created our own summer camp and, and, and education you're, you're was a part you're of how it. old at, at that time? Um, when I was doing the, when I was teaching. Right, in the, the teaching, the reading. Third grade. Yeah. Third grade. Yes. Wow. I skipped the fourth grade. I used to be really, really smart at one point in my life. <laughs> I actually, I was in the third grade. Um, I tested out and I was um, in the eighth grade for about six months. Yeah. And so they had, my dad had to determine if he was going to continue to allow me to be a third grader with eighth graders and my cousin, he hated it. It's not fair that I was in school all these years and she gets to skip all these grades. So my dad only allowed me to skip one grade. So I skipped the fourth grade and went into the fifth grade. And I just continued to being love being involved, you know, in my community, collecting cans, collecting bottles and finding ways to provide things that we needed within our community. And we worked together and so many of my friends are now professionals. Um, We have doctors, we have friends that are engineers, we have people um, that are pilots and, and it all came from right there in our community. In third grade. It started in third grade. Do you have any siblings? Yes, I I am the oldest of five. Okay. Um, I have, my dad is now deceased. He passed away mm. um, in 2018. My siblings live in Atlanta, and one of my sisters live in, in Decatur, no, it's Huntsville, Decatur, Alabama. And I graduated from Jacksonville State University in Alabama. Are any of Go them? Go Gamecocks. Oh, game. okay. <laughs> We're are any of cocky. them as smart as you? They are. Actually, yeah. I say that my siblings are much, much smarter than me. Uh, my sister is a retired um, veteran. She retired from the Navy. My brother, she now works for Comcast on their residential site, I believe. And she is a project manager. And my brother works for Comcast, and he's on the commercial side, and they're both kind of high up within their organization. And my younger, my other sister works for um, Walmart, and she's on their some kind of team where they set up the equipment when you go online. Yeah. So she's a part of that team. I'm so proud of her because she's had challenges in her life, and when I tell you she's like a phoenix, and she has risen. I am so proud of her. Hmm. And then my other sister, um, she works for GE, General Electric, yeah. in um, in Huntsville, Alabama. And okay. I don't want to not um, omit my youngest brother who passed away oh. unexpectedly when he was 18 months. JR would have been 42 years old. Um, he tragically or accidentally, and it was a tragedy for us, um, drowned. Mm. So, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And that having kids, I always wanted to make sure they knew how to swim. So immediately when we had our kids, we make sure we they learned how to swim. Sure. sure. Yeah. When you went to college, were you also in that volunteer mode? Of, I'm trying to 
get an idea that that you became a volunteer at, at, yes. in the third grade with the reading program yes. that continued through college. Uh, uh, my college experience started off a little rocky. I was supposed to go to uh, Carbondale, Illinois, University of Illinois with my roommate, my best friend. We have been friends since the seventh grade and we're still friends today. We're actually going on a trip next year. And because I was a PK, we were in church for seven days for seven years. So there was no outside. Every day. Every day, seven days for seven years. My kid, my siblings and I, we always do the seven times seven. (laughs) Yeah. And and of which denomination? Uh, Full gospel, like pure holiness. Like we were, we would have 10 services. We had services on the street. We passed stuff out. Uh, We fed the homeless. We were in the community. Okay. So, and at the time it was like my life. So I didn't know anything else outside of that other than service. And when you're a PK, you're the choir director. I play the drums, so um, I was a drummer. My sister plays the pia- the organ and the piano. Uh, we sung. We were the Garth Harmonizers. <laughs> uh, I was the secretary, the treasurer, the, the cleaner. We dust, We whatever needs to be done with five kids, we had to do it. So that allowed me to acquire those skills as well. So when I when my dad took me to Jacksonville State University, I was mortified because it was two weeks before I thought I was leaving mm-hmm. to go to school with my 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 best friend. And so he takes me to Jacksonville State University, drops me off there. And Jacksonville State University at the time was the third largest university in Alabama. And it was 3%, not just black, but 3% minority. And I was on this huge campus with hardly anybody that looked like me. So when they heard that I was this kid from Chicago, they immediately thought that I was in the gang. And the judge, (laughs) I kid you not, the judge had sentenced me to Alabama so that he could remove me from my influences. So people thought that I was accustomed to smoking, drinking, partying, and doing all of those things because I was from Chicago. And that was farthest from the truth for my life. So as a, was, and a, as a PK, yes, that's that's uh, that's that's not the life. And that was a, not a, my life. That was not my. I had um, the in pure holiness or the sanctified church. You didn't wear pants or clothes, but yeah. above your knees. So that I went to school with a different wardrobe. I didn't have any pants. I didn't have any makeup. I didn't. I didn't get my ears pierced until I was in college. Wow. So I went there and they're thinking all of these things about me and it was furthest from the truth. And so I, I, for me, it was about um, getting my education because I knew that I did not want to ter- return to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I left when I was 17 and I never returned to Chicago. And it was because I was there and I was there for a reason. So I started, uh, I am, I was like the microwave chef queen. Um, I, because my friends didn't know how to cook. I was the oldest. So I prepared meals. My dad was a traveling minister and my mom worked. So I, took care of my siblings. So cooking dinner was nothing for me. 
So I would sell food um, that I prepared in the microwave because people didn't want to eat in the cafeteria. So I would sell food. I would do laundry. I could do hair, um, braid hair, perms, whatever. And that was my business. That's how I made it. You're a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I, know, I know a kid that worked his way through uh, UT Austin. By selling, he'd go to the pizza place and he'd he'd buy like twenty large pizzas, yes, and sell them for a dollar a yes. slice. He'd go to all the parties and yes, and that funded literally funded his entire yes. college career. Yes, amazing. Yes, and, so I, I and so the parties and none of that never. That was something that I didn't. I wanted him to think think that I had already done all those things. Yeah. So when I started um, working dorm security, I would always get the extra shifts because people wanted to go to a party. So that kind of launched my law enforcement career. Before we get into the law enforcement, what did you major in in college? Um, actually, my major was criminal justice and oh, okay. law enforcement. My minor was forensic science. I always wanted to be the SI kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I ended up uh, working um, when I graduated. I had a job offer before I graduated, actually, um, with the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And I, my my uncle uh, Bill, he um, he was very influential in Chicago, and had found a job for me or secured a job for me to work for a judge in juvenile court. Mm-hmm. And I said, Uncle Bill, just let me work six months, and I just want to get a red Corvette, and I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> because I never forget, I was making sixteen five twenty one. That was my starting salary, and back in nineteen eighty seven. That was a lot of money, yeah. especially including benefits. I said, just give me six months. I want to buy a Corvette and I'm coming. And I ended up enjoying my career. I started out as a correctional officer. And and no Corvette. 20, and 25 years. <laughs> yes. 25 years with the federal prison system. Yes. How much? Yes. Okay. Now, you were a, a badge-carrying law enforcement officer. Yes. Yes. With the prison system. Yes. Right? Within the prison system. Within the prison yes. system. And did you start actually in a yes. prison? Because I know that at one point you were you were based I, out of Dallas. Yes. In, in an office setting. Yes. I actually started but, as a correctional officer in an environment with... All of the men there were actually older than me. Some were older enough to be my pa- my my parents or right. grandparents. And so in the excuse me, in the Bureau of Prisons at the time when I started, it was uh, level one, two, three through six. So I started out as at a level four, which was like right there, right below the penitentiary because the other ones were administrative. And then you go up to to the penitentiary level. So I started out there. Um, I actually uh, worked as a correctional officer and I enjoyed that job. I used to tell people I'm a glorified babysitter because (laughs) that's all you do. You tell them what they can do and what they can't do. And I enjoyed um, what we call shakedown, going into their rooms, finding contraband. It was a it. I actually made it a a game for me. You're going to hide it, and I'm going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they used to call me the bread taker because I would always find the sandwiches and throw them away. You're taking food out of our mouth. You're taking money out of my pocket. Don't I, do it when I'm there. I want to go back to the contraband. What are some of the things that you would find? Uh, oh my God! When you're talking about anything that's not distributed. 
distributed through proper means is considered contraband. Right. You can have too many ink pens. You can. They would make shanks. They would make um, hooch, which is the liquor that they would have fermented. Uh-huh. And you can smell it. It would be so atrocious. But they like to get drunk. Um, excessive clothes, modifying their clothes, because if you modify your clothes, it can become escape paraphernalia. Okay. Or they would start making ropes, you know, as pr- escape paraphernalia or they would have anything that was excessive in their cell would be considered contraband and they were very smart when it would come to making weapons uh they could make a weapon almost out of anything right right but i enjoyed it so you worked in the prison system for for how long uh i well when you work for the Federal Bureau of Prisons, every employee, regardless of where what position you're in, you're always a correctional officer first. Right. So because I started out as a correctional officer and then I was promoted to a case manager at the same institution, um, what launched my career for that is um, a, a guy in the unit, he had molested his um, two-year-old niece while she was in her pamper. And her sister caught him. And so he had been sentenced to a term of incarceration. And so um, the inmates found out about it. And one of the inmates made a shank, put feces on it. And he was coming from, he was on the other side of the unit. And I was in the unit by myself at this time. And he shanked him, which he stabbed him, Mm. stabbed him in his intestines and took the shank all the way up to his ribs. So I heard this noise and I see him coming down the hall holding his intestines and they were hanging out. But I mean, that didn't fear me. I was born and raised in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) I lived down the street from the bucket of blood where there was somebody shot and killed every weekend. So I had no fear of that. So, um, so when I sounded the alarm, because in, in the institutions, you don't have any weapons other than mace. Well, at that time, we didn't have mace. We just had a body alarm. You would, uh, and that would alarm staff to come. So I activated my body alarm. Staff came for assistance, but they were all the way on the other side of the compound. So one of the inmates brought me a warm towel. Um, telling me what I, because I'm not a medical professional. So they told me what I need to do, put the towel on. And it actually saved his life. But uh, it wasn't that his life didn't have any more value than anyone. I'm not there to judge. You have been sentenced to a term of incarceration. I just have to ensure that you don't escape. So um, the, because I was so young, I was 22 at the time, and they were so impressed by me not freaking out about all the blood it didn't bother me. It wasn't my blood. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to be cruel, but it it, yeah. it had no effect on me. I was just doing my job, and I just I just instinctively, you know, tried to provide provide the medical assistance that I could. So I received an award for that, and then I would always volunteer after work, trying to learn new jobs, even as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So I would always go to different departments to see what it is that they knew. How can I help you? And I'd start volunteering in different departments, and that's how I learned so much. So um, when they needed someone to work, when Jimmy Carter was coming to, to prison, they need people to be on the perimeter. And I would go and practice my shooting because I didn't have a gun growing up. So some of the guys would take me to their homes because they... I mean, this is Alabama. Yeah. So they would shoot in their yards, their backyards, and they t- actually taught me how to be proficient in the, the, utilizing a weapon. 
And so when they needed someone, because my score was so good when we had training, they allowed me to be on that detail. And I was <laughs> still on probation. So uh, when uh, Jimmy Carter was coming to, to prison, he arrived in a limousine checking into jail and we were on the perimeter and I, my supervisor that selected me, we are still friends today, um, Gerald Maldonado. And he kind of put my career right there in front and center. And the rest is pretty much history at Talladega, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my career. And I mean, I was involved in a lot of inmate programs. I did a lot of volunteering um, within with the staff, uh, we would do canned food drives. We even with the inmates, um, they had opportunities during Christmas time to do packages, and we would coordinate those um, activities from out the community. And the inmates would put together the Christmas packages for kids. So I was always involved in some kind of way in bringing whatever my environment is and sharing it with the community. We're talking with professional volunteer Vandela Menifee, and we will pick up part two next week. This is also the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, share, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip, LaShonda Warner. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.